Okay, you guys, rim to him. And here's the thing, when we scheduled to share this with you, we had figured it was gonna take some time for people to come out and play and come with us on rim to him this year, but guess what? It sold out in one day. It sold out in one day, crazy. That just tells me we are ready to stretch wide our ten poles and get back out into the world. So Rim to Him 2021 is sold out, but I still wanted to share this with you. Why? Because you want to go over, follow the link in the show notes and get on the waiting list and also be the first to know about our next adventure that we plan to open up. You know, Rev Wild is uh, an arm of this ministry. It's outdoor leadership. We do believe things happen outdoors when we when we encounter and experience all those senses and sights of being outdoors. It's actually called green science. Our brain connects to the outdoors in a way because we were created deep calls to deep, right? So um, we have all kinds of new things coming now that things are hopefully starting to open up again. We're going to get back out to the more to explore. So get on the waiting list to be the first to know about the adventures and retreats that we have coming up and different ways that you can push out into the outdoors with us. So swipe up to find out more. And now today, I'm so excited. You have heard me have the joy of connecting and talking, conversing with Lisa Bevere, one of our godmothers here in Revelation Wellness. Well, y'all know she has sons and one of her son, Arden Bevere, has written a book called Redefine, Confronting the Labels That Limit Us. Now he primarily, his, his mission was to awaken the millennials, this, the, the younger generation, to, to confront some of these lies that we they passively fall into or believe or were handed to them in labels. And here's the thing, you don't have to be a millennial to read this book. The lies that he addressed, it lives inside all of us. It's a sleeping giant that if a word is spoken, the wrong kind of word, it can awaken this label or lie. So the book is well-written. Here's the thing, this Apple did not fall far from his mother's tree. You guys, you are going to hear him preach your face off. He preached my face off. I was crying at least three times as he did this interview. He is so passionately in love with Christ. He has a message like written and shut in his bones that it gives you great hope. So if you're a mama with a younger, listen. If you aren't a mama with a younger, if you are just fighting your own battle of labels and lies, listen. This show applies to everyone. Swipe up on the show notes to to follow Arden. Um, I talk about Sons and Daughters, the ministry that they have started for uh, the sons and daughters of God, this kind of next generation to prepare and get ready, take their place. And you can become an ambassador for sons and daughters. It's so cool. They really are discipling, discipling and raising up a generation. So excited today to share it with you. And I hope it blesses you as much as you guys bless us. Thank you, our, our monthly partners, our mission movers. Thank you for making this show possible. And I will talk to you again soon. Peace. Okay, Revelation Wellness community, today I get the joy of getting to talk with Arden Bevere. Arden, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Oh, it is an honor coming on. I'm so excited about everything that you guys are doing and just being able to share with your community today. 
Yeah, I, we, we were talking a little bit before we got going. You guys, yes, the last name Bevere probably will strike some familiarity for you. You all love Lisa. We Every time your mom writes something, we're like, get Lisa, get Lisa. So when we heard you had written something, you, are you the first of the boys to write a book? I am not. So I was the first of the boys maybe to start writing a book, but the okay. problem took me five years. Oh. So my older brother, actually, he wrote a book last year called Saints, which is absolutely oh, incredible right. book. But yeah, but so, so there's two of us boys that have written books. I mean, I, I know my mom, she, you know, this, she's written like 18 books a now, million, but you know, yeah. she just, she keeps getting more fierce and fierce every time she writes a book. She's like, she's getting older and older. She's starting to embrace the gray hairs now, but then yet yeah, I'm like, mom, you're Love just, her. you're just as scary, just as fierce as ever before. <laughs> so I think it's absolutely incredible. So how was the writing process? Five years, huh? Yes. Five years. Yeah. So, so that, that was a big challenge for me because I was actually in special needs reading and writing programs all the way through freshman year of high school. And it wasn't because I tested out of them. It was because the classes stopped. And and so I never thought that I would write a book. It was not something I've ever sought out to do. People always assumed like, Hey, John and Lisa Bevere's son, like, when's your book going to come out? And I'm like, no, that's that's never going to come out kind of thing. Um, But really this process of writing a book was just me seeing something that had honestly became a heart cry for my generation. Um, You know, five years ago, what happened was uh, I posted on my Facebook page and I asked people, I said, if you could describe the young adult generation in one word, what would it be? And I remember I got such negative responses and I was watching all of these responses coming in and they were coming in so fast and they were all things wow. like broken, entitled, lazy, lacking, uh, wow. you know, addicted, fearful. And I was watching this and my heart was breaking for my generation because mm-hmm. I wanted to see so much more. And so that's kind of what birthed the book because what happened was God told me, he said, I want you to take every one of those negative labels. And I want you to write it down in your journal Mm. and then take scripture that's contrary to that negative label Mm. and make that your prayer for Mm. this generation. And so it was actually never supposed to be a book. My mom was the one that pushed it. She was like, hey, what do you keep journaling? What do you keep writing Mm. about? And she said, like, and I told her the idea of what God was having me to do. And she was like, this needs to be a book. And so I ended up walking into a conference room and and she's sitting there with a bunch of uh, publishers and she's like, you need to pitch them your idea for a book. No, I don't want to do that. That does not sound like something I can do or something I want to start down. But five years later, here we are. But I love what you said. It was, it might, you know, yes, five years later, but that there was a holy indignation inside of you. Like, dang it. You know, it's that to have to burn for a burden. If you go, no, I want to say something different about our generation. Like you, you pick that up like very much like your mother picked up a sword and carried something. And although maybe it didn't move as fast as you would want it to, you stayed obedient to it. And um, so everyone, his book is called Redefined and it is confronting the labels that limit us really about redefining this kind of millennial generation, I guess. And would you say, I mean, I think it goes for anyone. I, Anybody yeah. can read this book. I, I read it and the titles, I'm like, yes, fearful yep. yeah. or entitled. I want you to talk a little bit about entitled um, because I am guilty as a mother of using that word and thinking because we give blessings to our kids. My children are living off of blessings that I never had. And so yeah. there's this weird, you know, maybe as parents, we manipulate that and, and start to see it backwards. So can we jump in and talk a little bit about entitled? Yeah. Oh no. Entitled that, that one. So every, every single chapter of this book, what I tried to do is I tried to pick a word that I personally went through because I know I'm 26 years old. 
I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I, I hope I'm as teachable, you know, the day I die as I you am will. today. And mm-hmm. I want to be in that position. So I don't want to come as, hey, I've got this figured out because I do not. And so with entitled, the entitled chapter, that was something that I navigated and dealt with, which I didn't think I ever would or mm-hmm. did ha- have a problem with. It was, that was kind of the, the funny thing about that. And I think that's why this, this label is so easy just to grab hold of or maybe yes. allow to stick to our lives. And, mm-hmm. and so I remember when I, um, when I actually finished high school, I went and did an internship. And I I did this internship for a church and I was going to college on the side and I was doing all this. And then I came after about a year and I came and started working for my parents' ministry. And I remember I told my parents, I was like, hey, look, I've got all these new ideas. Like I'm ready to come in and and just change up everything. Like we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to have more of all this like impact. And, and my parents were like, yeah, that's so great and all this stuff. And, and I felt like I was like, you know, I have a call of God on my life. And the, my parents had always told me since I was a kid, like, hey, you're going to go further and farther than That's us. Right. And I was like, so they need to make sure that they foster this call that they've spoken into since mm-hmm. I was a kid in my life. And so I remember I came in and I actually worked for the ministry for about a year. And it was absolutely awful. I just through that time where I had these you know, I had godly ambitions. I had these ambitions that I was like, God had placed something on my heart. He gave me vision. I want to see, but I was trying to push my own timing on those ambitions. Mm. And I remember I began to get into a place where I became extremely discouraged and extremely disheartened by the area that was around me. Mm. I thought I began to be short with people. I began Mm. to be frustrated with people. Mm -hmm. And and I remember after that year, I just felt Mm. like I needed to go away and work on myself. And so I went away and I did uh, more college actually because I just wanted to go learn and actually did Bible college and during Bible college I learned how to serve and I think this is Mm. something very important for our generation that I want to see our generation grab hold of is this idea of serving is I think oftentimes we see the position that we have been given in the kingdom to benefit ourselves or benefit the the big mission but the reality of it is that Mm. we were called to serve people like Jesus, his final Mm -hmm. act was that he became the lowest servant and he washed the feet. And that's what the people of God are called to do. And I'm what I'm seeing more and more from my generation. We're like, Hey, I got to get behind this cause. I've got to do these things. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we no longer see people as the mission. We, we jump past that idea of serving. So I remember when I, when I wanted to come back, uh, to, serve at my parents' ministry, mm-hmm. I had told my mom, I said, Hey mom, I think, I think it's time for me to come back. Like, I think I can come back. And it was after a year. And she said, "Our oh, nothing's changed. She's like, there's yeah. no new opportunities. There's nothing new that we're doing. And I said, mom, I know nothing's changed, but I've changed. And that was the only yeah. thing that needed to change. There it is. And, and so I was able to come back. I remember I came back and I actually was not given a position at the ministry. I just had to volunteer. And then I was finally, after three months, given a part-time job. And all through that time, um, I had just never felt so fulfilled because I had this idea and this new awakening of serving the dream of the ministry, serving what God had been given. And then I watched as I served that dream, as I served that vision, I watched as the ambitions that God gave me early on with what I was pushing before was the vision of sons and daughters, what we're doing Mm -hmm. today, this ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I want to see our generation do is that we don't push our own agenda, that we don't push our own own things. Because when we try to do it out of God's timing, there are things that will have to die. Like I look at King Ahab and King mm. Ahab. And I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep going, but I'll, no, I'll go. but Pre- you, but got, King, you got your mom in you. I'm like, preach, go. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. But, but King Ahab, 
you know, King Ahab, he wanted a vineyard that was inside of his kingdom. Uh-huh. And he goes to the vineyard owner and he says, hey, I want your vineyard. I'll buy it from you. So the vineyard owner says, no, like this has been in my family. This is the lineage. And he goes, what does King Ahab do? He goes and throws a fit. Like he just straight totally. up throws a fit, goes into his room. And Jezebel comes to him and Jezebel says, what are you doing? You're the king of Israel. Go take it. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, no. And so she ends up writing a letter to everyone and saying that the man who owned the vineyard had spoken evil against the Lord and evil against the king. And she gets that man stoned. And mm-hmm. so I watch as what happens is King Ahab then goes and he takes the vineyard. And then that's the place where he ends up dying. And yeah. so he wanted to push his own agenda, push his own will. And when we often want to do that, oftentimes we'll get the thing that we're wanting. But in order to get the thing that we are wanting, something has to die. And that might be a, a death of a relationship or, mm-hmm. or of trust or honestly just, just the character development that happens in the time period where you are growing and going through that process that God's wanting the dream. Because I, I remember God wants, God wants the dreams and the desires that, you've placed on it, that he's placed on your heart to come to fruition more than you do. And so you got to be confident in that. How do you know when you are something you're pushing your dream or desire or when God is going, I, I have something better, right? We always go, well, there's something better. It's not working. Walk through that. How have you learned to decide and decipher between those two? Yeah. Polar yeah. Well, I think, I think oftentimes you've got to figure out what's the focus. You know, you got to look at, you know, what mm, is the focus of right. the dream? Because I remember I thought to myself, I said, mom, I, mom and dad, I need more opportunities just to share the gospel. And I said, you need to, you need to give me more opportunities or I need to go and move away and become a youth pastor somewhere. And mm. then I was like, I would have been a terrible youth pastor <laughs> anywhere I would have gone. So thank God that did not happen. But I was the focus. Uh, of the mission, focus of the dream, focus of the God's desire that he had, that I yeah. thought he had for me. But when I came back, it was more about, Hey, mom and dad. And I told my parents this, I said, Hey, I want to figure out how I can make the upcoming years of your ministry, the greatest and most influential years of your ministry that you've ever had on this earth. And so my vision and my, my mindset shifted and out of that place of servitude came sons and daughters. Like, as I said, came sons and daughters and everything that we did to help. Actually, the, the main goal behind sons and daughters was we wanted to see the messages that were hard truths, like, like undercover, like, you know, without rival, these hard truth messages that were from my parents get into the next generation and get into a place where they could better hear it. Not from a, you know, a 50, 60 year old, but from a 20 or a 30 year old that's going through it with them. And so that was all birthed out of that place. So good. You guys, and sons and daughters, I I just love, uh, before we got going, I was saying to Arden that, um, I love what you guys are doing in legacy, like sons and daughters is to kind of take, pick up where your parents are going to leave off or like this next generation. Oh, it just gets me so excited. Everyone in revelation wellness knows this because we've said, you know, fitness in general teams seems to be like passing trends come and go like, no, this is what we do here is not about the fitness. It's about God. And what's about God lasts. It should pass on to the next generation. So sons and daughters, if you guys are not familiar with it, listen, I know those of you listening, I still think this book is for everyone. These 10 lies and labels come against all of us, but I know a lot of you have sons and daughters <laughs> and this talk a little bit about sons and daughters. I want people to get connected with that. Yeah. Yeah. So really what we did and kind of the framework of 
really what we shifted our whole mindset to mm-hmm. is that we became kind of dissatisfied by seeing a lot of our generation walk away from like walk away mm-hmm. from Christianity because mm-hmm. or walk away from God because they they just thought it was all the things that you can't do. Yes. And we talked about it how we love it how John says he says Jesus said I've come so that I might give you life and life to the fullest. This is this Christian walk is not about all the things we can't do. It's about all the things that we are now able to step into and walk in. And so what we frameworked our ministry around is that we think, you know, honestly and we talked about this before is the problem problem in the world is not a lack of sons and daughters of God. I mean, you look at what 12 men were able to do and all of the impact they had. We don't think it's that problem. We think it's a lack of sons and daughters of God who have stepped into the fullness of Mm. what that actually means. Because I think oftentimes what we think is, you know, hey, my role in Christianity, if I'm a Christian, it means I need to... I need to go to church every week and, and, or, you know, online church nowadays, but go to church every week and then bring, you know, bring someone to church every now and then. And hopefully my pastor preaches the the perfect message and then my friend gets saved. And that's my work in the ministry. No, Ephesians 4.12 actually completely flips that narrative. It says the apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and and so the fivefold ministry is all there for the equipping of the saints, saints, us to do the work of the ministry. And oftentimes we feel like people are not equipped. Um, they just don't know how to uh, how to actively walk that out. And so what we want to do is we want to help see people actively walk that out, take the knowledge, the revelation that their pastor is sharing with them and, and apply it to their daily life because we mm-hmm. think that's what's going to change this world. Absolutely. It is the word of God fleshed out, like making it seen, making it yeah. have itself, you know, bear evidence, manifest who God says he is in our life. And as well, you all know, I, for go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I love how Romans, like Romans puts it of Romans 8, 19. It says the entire cosmos the entire mm. world is waiting and standing on tiptoe yes, for the yes. unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. So everyone listening oh, to this, so like good. understanding the world around you is waiting for you to step in that fullness so that the veil may be lifted and you they see the the expression of God through you. So I, I just I think we need to grab hold of that that calling more and more for our life. Because this is the framework of the book is that labels versus calling mindsets and how we can't live based off of labels. We have to live based off of the call of God. So good. <laughs> Okay, so you started with something that we know is the way through this is that you when you figured out how to be a servant, right, or how to have that that servitude attitude that is not um, about our gender, what we want to do. It's like, hey, I'm here to serve. Isn't that that is such a a, a, tr- a tough place to go because of the humility that's required, and for uh, for someone in a generation of I mean, let's be clear. I'm going to step in and put in my science hat a little bit. Uh, our, our full lobes of our brains are not fully developed until the mid-20s where we can actually think more in terms of empathy and compassion. And so that's why I always say, you guys, be patient with your teenagers. Be patient with the ones that seem so entitled and yeah. what we call self-focused. They're coming along. This is why the Bible says, train them up in the way they should go and be the example. Be the one who serves them the gospel. Be the one who serves the forgiveness to them that they then would learn how to walk in, in that. Can you explain a time, you know, you talked about your professor or at your Bible college, like talked about this being a servant. Was there a stripping in your life going on to like get you to that humble place where you could go, now it changes everything. 
Yeah, I I think so. I had one of of my professors, um, she would always do this thing where people would ask her and they would bring the cares of all, you know, the world to her and they'd be like, what do I do? And she was so knowledgeable. I mean, incredible lady, like just Mm -hmm. her history, her story, her testimony, everything. I'm like, oh my goodness, every time she would tell us. And she would always do this thing that I thought only she could do, but we would ask her these questions and she'd be like, yeah, you just need to die. And she'd just like smile at us and say, just need to die. And we're like, what, what does that mean? And she's like, yeah, you need to die. Like you need to die to self. And, And there was this revelation for me of dying to self, what that actually meant, because I'm like dying to self. That means like, okay, I don't, I don't can't play video games or I can't do this. Like I'm like trying to figure out what is self mean. And I remember um, this idea that I, I heard proposed and it was like, Hey, when you are on your deathbed and you are looking back, like, let's say you're, you know, 80, 90 years old and you're not sitting on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life. You have a very clear idea of all the important moments, all the mm. important things that was mm. in your life, because you're having this awareness of mm. what actually mattered. And that's mm. what she was saying of that dying to self is that there's a lot of things that we spend our life chasing, a lot of things that we just, we think are really important. And, and we do not die to self in that, in that, that area of we awakened when we die to self, we awaken to the importance of the mundane, importance of our every single day life. And so I think that's that's something I found so important. And I want to say too to parents is as they're, you know, navigating kids, yeah. you know, navigating, you know, watching these things. I remember a big thing that was a shifting point was always the identity my parents framed out for us kids when we were younger. Like they used to do something with us kids where they we hated it. It didn't make sense at the time, um, but they would always call us princes, like whenever we did something wrong, like they would, they would like, if we you know, hit our brother or something like that, or talked back, my mom would be like, no, you're a prince. And princes don't talk like that. And and they like they would correct us. They would, you know, we they would they would bring correction to the behavior, but then they would always speak to the higher calling that was upon our life. And as a kid, I had no idea what they were saying. I was like, mom, do you have some royal lineage that you're not telling (laughs) me about? Because I'm like, this makes no sense at all. But yet what she was doing is she was speaking to the identity and the inheritance that I had upon my life, not because I was a Bavir, not because of anything special about me. It was because I was a son of God. And as I grew older and I began to read what the word of God said about being a son of God, I began to walk in the identity and the inheritance that my parents had framed out for me since I was a little kid. And I thank God that my parents did not like in those moments when I was acting spoiled, acting, you know, you know, lying or or Mm. acting the wrong way or Mm. dishonoring that they didn't speak to that. They didn't Mm. speak to that label and say, you know what? Hey, you're a spoiled kid. You're not going to go any further. No, they always had the awareness to call forth and frame out the destiny that I had, even though I was not showing anything that was anywhere (laughs) remotely to that. And so I would just encourage parents, you know, as you're, as you're raising kids is continue to speak to the identity and the inheritance. I think that's what God's given parents and and honestly, just uh, given us as, as sons and daughters of God, the ability to to do is to speak beyond the natural, because that's what the world does right now is the world labels people based off of what they can see or what they've done in the past. And, Mm -hmm. and that, that does not bring any future that we're Amen. looking for. And the, the people of God are able to call forth the calling of God that speaks to the eternity that he's placed on our heart yeah. and call us to a higher way of uh, a higher way of being. 
man, that, that whole, um, speaking as if it's not right. I mean, that's faith. We live, we parent by faith and not by sight. We lead by faith and not by sight. We teach by faith and not by sight. It's, it's calling forth faith. The, the, when Jesus comes back, will he find faith on the earth? And this yeah. is this is why we can't go off of what we see. We cannot believe what we see or what we hear. It's, it's information, but it's not revelation. Arden, exactly. let's pivot to how do we, um, what do you think it is about a generation now in the word of God, do you think that they're becoming more alive to it? Are they feeling more like it's so much of it? What, give me a, a yeah. pulse that you feel about relationship with the word of God in, in your age group. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is the key. And, and this is, Amen. this is like, if you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I shift things in my life? How do I, how do I bring forth this calling that I'm, I'm hearing about? Mm. It, it's the word of God. And I, and mm. I think right now is what I'm seeing more and more from my generation is we have so much information at our Come fingertips. On. Like it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Like, I, I mean, if you want to, you know, figure out anything, we're not in the, the day and age where you can just be the most confident person in the room and be the, the right one. Like, no, Google's your answer. Like that doesn't, <laughs> work anymore. And so we have all this information at our fingertips that we have to be careful as a generation that we're not um, that we're not exchanging information for transformation. Mm. And transformation comes from the word of God. And what Amen. I'm seeing more and more is why we're seeing honestly so many different things with identity crisis and identity shifts and, and not knowing who you are is that well, you, I mean, you look at the, the word of God and what happens with Jesus in the wilderness is Jesus goes in the wilderness for 40 days and he comes here. He's at the end of it. And the enemy comes to tempt him. So the enemy mm. comes to attack him. And what does the enemy do? He says, if you are truly the son of God. Son he attacks God. his identity, identity before he does anything else. Mm -hmm. But the enemy knew exactly who he was. Like the mm -hmm. enemy was with Christ before the foundations of the world when he was in heaven. That's when right. he was Lucifer, he was with right. Christ. He knew exactly who he was. But what mm -hmm. he was trying to do was he was trying to bring into question his identity. And because mm -hmm. he knew if he could bring into question his identity, then everything else would be easy. And that's what I'm seeing right now with my generation is you have so many people that are trying to find their identities outside of the world, the word of God. Mm. And that is basing your identity off of a, a, uh, uh, like a basically, you know, not a, not an immovable object, something that is constantly going to change. Like the word of God yep. says sand. Um, yep. And I love Jesus's response because it's not some profound like response that we like wish we could be that in that moment. No. What does Jesus do? He simply quotes back the word of God. And we, mm. I think right now we have a lot of people that know, you know, what the latest podcast says about them, what the latest, you know, mm -hmm. Instagram message from mm -hmm. their, their favorite pastor says mm -hmm. on Instagram or what the, the most recent message says about them, but they don't know what the word of God says about them. And I'm telling mm -hmm. this people is that as, as you come against these trials, as you come against these things, the word of God has to be the foundation. It Amen. has to be the thing that you know, up in here, that's going to get you through that, that process and get you through those, those attacks that the enemy has against you. And, and we cannot allow, you know, our, our information to exchange the transformation that comes from the word of God. And there's things that we can build, you know, we can have this, you know, revelation knowledge from God and we can build off of it based off of the, the information that we receive that can yeah. just continue to keep that, taking that deeper. But if we're allowing that to be the basis, I remember when I was in Bible mm -hmm. college, 
I had a kid and we were talking and I was helping him and kind of mentoring him. And I had asked him, I said, well, what, did, what was the last thing God spoke to you about? And he said, oh, I, he said, I haven't really heard from God in a while. And, and I was like, what was the last thing you read in his word? And I'm like, because if, you, if you're missing, like if you feel like God hasn't spoke to you, go to his word. Like that, that he has already spoken. His words are mm. written there for you. And mm. I'm, I'm believing and I know that you always get a truth. But I remember I said, what was the last thing you read in his word? And he said, honestly, it's been about three months. And I'm like, Mm. This person, he wants to be a pastor. And I said, but yet you are not realizing the the amazing, awe-inspiring, the just the, the honestly, just how incredible the word of God mm-hmm. is and how important of a tool it is mm-hmm. for your life. And so I want to make sure um, that we do not exchange that because that is that is the most valuable tool that the world uh, does not have that we do. It's the mm. thing that's going to bring transformation to this world. So we as a generation cannot substitute it for anything else. So what would you say to someone who is struggling to do the word of God? Or let's say um, they feel like it's too hard or I don't You're totally right. Like, but yet we have all these people on Instagram we follow and we get their little daily devotional from, but we haven't gotten the word for ourselves. What is it? What would you say to that person yeah. who came to you right there and said that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, oftentimes, and just like a lot of people know with this is, is there has to be this exercising process that we go through. And I remember when I was a kid, I got such a beautiful example from my parents. And I know a lot of people maybe don't have that, but I got this beautiful example. When I walked downstairs every single day, I would look and my dad would be sitting in his office. It would be 5.30 AM in the morning. And he's there reading the word of God. And every single time he would come out into the morning, like at breakfast and he'd be like, look what I just read in the word of God, even though he's, you know, highlighted it 10 times and he's yeah. read over it. And he said, just yeah. the word of God continue kept speaking to him. And so what I think is the, always the important thing is understanding the Bible says, you know, the word of God is our daily bread and understanding that as we go through, if you're, if you're someone and you're like, Hey man, I'm going through a battle. Like if you ever were having a war or a battle that was coming up and you did not eat for 14 days before mm-hmm. or something like that, there would be no way that you would be able to fight. And so you've got to understand is not the word of God is not just getting this, you know, religious time. It is, it is spending time with your creator, like that, that standing in awe of what you get to do as you enter into the word of God. And I know for myself, like I, I, I talk to my wife all the time when I, I go a weekend or, or a couple of days without reading the word of God. I just watch this life. Just, I feel discouraged. I feel disheartened because my mm. mind's not continuing being renewed. Mm. And I'll tell my wife, I'm like, hey, Christian, make sure that I get in the word tomorrow. I'm like, make sure <laughs> that I read to like later today when I have time. Accountability. And so because it is something so important. So I, I think however best you can foster that for yourself. I know for myself, when I had a busy period, what I would do is I would, I would open up the Bible app and I would listen to it. And I would just listen mm-hmm. to it as I drove or yes. I listened to it. And I would just go through the, you know, yeah. one or two chapters and just and make it that thing. Or I would find a scripture and really dwell on that. You know, I think yes. oftentimes what we Amen. try to do is like, we're like, you know, hey, I need to read the word of God. And so I've got to get through at least one chapter. And it's like, yeah, there might be one scripture in there that just absolutely has, I mean, there's so much richness and depth to it that you can just dwell on and, and yes. get so much on. So please just, uh, you know, I think with people, I said, don't just don't overcomplicate it. Like just allow Amen. it to become a part of your, your daily routine, because you want to make sure that you're exercising that so that you are ready and you are you are your mind is renewed so that whenever any attacks or battles that come against you you know how to stand firm through it all jesus says that heaven and earth will pass away but his words will stand forever if you want to be on solid foundation be found 
knowing his word, living his word, breathing his word, sing it, whatever it is, make it come alive. I think I agree with you. We're so inundated with so much information. We have so many. I mean, just look up Bible apps. There's so many. Choose all the ones you want, whatever, whatever. You I found one yesterday. I didn't know there's one where James Earl Jones reads me the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Darth Vader right there. That's amazing. I'm, in. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, wait, do I have to really buy another app for this? But yes, I want to hear James Earl Jones. But I would say the big thing, and you, you hit on it too, is let dwell on something, dwell on something, read it until something grabs you and then dwell on it, sit on it, write it down put it in front of you, just bring it. The, the, the spirit is fully capable of teaching you all truth into all things. If you lack wisdom, you ask and the spirit comes. I'm so hungry to see this happen on the earth that, that of all generations from our millennials, from everyone that's coming up behind us to who's already before us, that this oneness in Christ would be found because that's what Jesus prayed for, right? One of his greatest prayers before he went to the cross, make them one, make them one. That, that, that's huge for right now too. Yes. The, yes. The unification yeah. that the older generation can be reaching for the younger, the younger for the older, but it's the word of God that unifies us and not compromising on the truth. Um, but also showing that we can have love in those places where we might, some eat meat, some don't eat meat, whatever it looks yeah. like the diversity of the, the body of Christ too. Okay. Arn, before we go, what I want you to say, what's the one, if you had only one thing to tell the generation is listening to you about what would you say to them? What would you want them to know? Yeah, I would love, I mean, so my, my heart cries that this generation would be known as sons and daughters. Um, and I think of sons and daughters of God. And I think that that comes through a kingdom mindset. And this is what I want uh, to see more and more from my generation is that we do not get so caught up on picking sides that we miss out on the higher calling that we have been called to. And there is a kingdom realm that we are called to live in that as we see more and more sons and daughters operating that, you'll see, like you said, more and more unity. You'll see more mm -hmm. and more uh, power. You'll see yes. more and more miracles. You'll see more and more revelation yes. um, that is walking that out on this yes. earth. So I want to call that generation to that higher being. It's not It's not a legalistic way. It's not yes. like, hey, you've got to do this. It's no, It's there's a gifting. There's a call mm -hmm. upon your life. And mm -hmm. please, please do the world the favor in order mm -hmm. for them to be able to see this unveiling of God. Like I, I remember uh, mm -hmm. a couple last year, uh, God told me, he said, because, he said, Arden, I'm an infinite God. And because I'm an infinite God, that means there's an infinite amount of expressions of me. And, yes. and every single one of my sons and daughters, I have created them uniquely which means there is an expression of me found in every single one of my sons and daughters, you know, that the world has never seen. And with inside of every single son and daughter of God, and people are listening, there is an expression of God that has never been seen from Amen. the foundations of the world and will never, ever be seen again. And if you do not step into that inheritance, not, not in this, like, this is the amazing thing. It doesn't put pressure on you because we walk according to not the flesh, but according yeah, to the spirit. spirit. And we lean into that as you walk in that identity and that calling, the world gets to see an expression and this unique expression of God that they've never seen before in life. You've had me crying like three times. <laughs> God bless. Okay. Well, everyone, you need to connect with Arden. ArdenBrevere.com. You can get the book, Redefined, 
Um, anywhere books are sold, right? Anywhere books Correct. are sold yep. pretty much. Anywhere. And then sonsanddaughters.com, which if you go to artandbrevere.com, you'll find it there. He was talking about ambassadors, Revolution Wellness Instructors. I want you to listen to this. So can you tell them a little bit about ambassadors or what that is before we go? Yeah. So ambassadors, we have 400 ambassadors all around the world. Ambassadors are people that are living out that Ephesians 4.12 model that we talked about either, where they're doing the work of the ministry. Um, and what we are doing on our end is we are help better equipping them through Zoom calls, through resources, through uh, yeah. follow-up for prayer, everything like that, where we are wanting to see those 400 ambassadors, all the ambassadors come in actually walking that out because we know that's going to be the thing that transforms this world. And um, is it like anyone can become an ambassador? Yeah. So there's a process. So we have people apply right. online. So you go through an application process awesome. and then you go through a phone call process where it's awesome. an interview. But if you are also like, if you're just saying, hey, I don't have the time for that. We have groups where you're able just to join up with those people. You're able to look at our map that's on our sonsanddaughters.tv and you can find the nearest group to you. You can reach out to an ambassador and get connected with them. And also just for people who need community. People who just, yeah. I know this has been a, a time period, yeah where, yeah, where a lot of people have felt alone. And, and so just reaching out and getting that community, I think, will be so important. I'm saying to you, I just think it's a discipleship model. It's like, hey, listen, let's come together. Let's activate. Let's engage and spread the gospel. Let's not get fat and lazy, calloused of heart. Let's keep yeah. sharpening each other. <clears throat> and I, I love it. And I just get so excited. I'm just going to prophetically say my my 19-year-old son and my 17-year-old daughter will be a part of Sons and Daughters. I'm just going to prof- prophesy it right now because the, as Go they're on. coming along. Okay. We always do three fun questions with every guest. It's rapid fire. You're not ready for this at all, but this will be fun. Favorite way to move your body? Move my body. Exercise. Going to the gym. Gym. I, I love going to the gym. I go to the gym 630 every morning. So I love Do that. you really? Every morning? Yep. Yep. Are you every like morning. throw weights around? Do cardio? I, what do you do? I don't, I do, um, I do weights. So, but I don't do like CrossFit. So I'm not, uh, I'm not throwing as many weights around. I'm more, <laughs> I'm more organized in my, my <laughs> but I've, I've been working out for now 10 years. I don't know yet. No, 13 years. So so wow. Were you like athletic in high school then? You must have yeah, been played, like played, played all sports, the sports. Rug, okay. Rugby, football, basketball. Fantastic. All right. Um, coffee, tea, or kombucha? Coffee right here. Right coffee, there. Always. Is love, it like, are you coffee. like the dark, like, I know your mom is very, your mom is very serious about coffee and your dad. Oh, she is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My dad became very serious about coffee. It took like 60 years for him to become serious <laughs> about coffee. But I, I like it. It's just whatever I'm in the mood. If I, if I feel like I just want just black coffee, then I just go straight for it. But my wife, my wife introduced me to creamer when we got married and I was like, Oh, coffee can taste this good. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. so it was a new, it was a new experience. All right. And favorite music to listen to when you're working out. Oh, I've got an epic playlist. So it is it on Spotify. Uh, no, it's just my epic playlist that I, I created, <laughs> and it's just all. It's actually so it's a mixture of like movie soundtracks, like just Ooh. different, different, uh, different, you know, high high energy music that I'm yep. just like every time I hear something, I'm like, that's it. So I have actually my my work it, workout playlist, which is like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm getting a workout. And then I have my epic workout playlist where it's just, <laughs> I take it to the next level. It's game time. Yep. It's going down. Oh, it's so good. All right. Uh, Arden, thank you for spending time with us today. I am absolutely going to be certain and waiting for you to write the next book if it takes another five years or anything you're up to over at Sons and Daughters. Please let us know. We'd love to uh, keep our people connected. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's a true honor. Thank, thanks so much for letting me talk to your audience. It's amazing. Thank you.